Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. I am so excited tonight as we have Emma, who is the bassist, singer, and songwriter. She does a lot of nice backup vocals for the band. Joining us tonight on my show to promote the new album from Sick Puppies, which is titled Fury. So I want to do a nice introduction for the band, and then we're going to have her come on the air, because I know they're really busy right now playing a lot of shows and festivals, so hopefully you guys are getting a chance to check them out on some live shows. So Australian-bred hard rock band Sick Puppies, they formed approximately two decades ago. I can't believe it's been that long. I mean, these guys have had some major success. They've released five studio albums and have sold over one million copies. The band has went on to have numerous singles in the rock charts, which have included All the Same, My World's Odd One, Maybe, There's No Going Back, and Gunfire, to name a few. And the band has also shared the stage with national acts such as Breakin' Benjamin, Tool, Deftones, and Incubus. Despite some changes along the way and having a new singer, which is, is a great addition to the lineup, he sounds amazing, and they have written some phenomenal new music. The band persevered and um, overcame some obstacles that they encountered along the way. So like I said, be sure to check them out on their festivals that they're out right now on the rock festivals and also pick up a copy of their new amazing album, Fury. Seriously, there's not one filler song on this album. Every song could be a hit single. Uh, that features the singles on it right now, Stick to Your Guns, and also Earth to You, which is a great track, too. So pick up a copy today and visit them at sickpuppies.com for more information. So while we're waiting for Emma to call in, why don't I do this? We'll go to a quick break. We'll play Stick to Your Guns uh, so you guys can check out a taste of their music off of the new album if you haven't picked it up yet. And we'll be back in a moment. Try to bring you down 
Edelman. Welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Again, Stick to Your Guns by Sick Puppies, amazing hit single that they have out now, which is off of their new album, Fury. So, sorry, Fury. So be sure to pick a copy of it up today and definitely be sure to check them out on one of the rock festivals as they're currently uh, touring on a bunch of those. So let's bring Emma on the air. Hey, Emma, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for joining me. It is an honor and pleasure to have you on and promote the new album that you guys have out titled Fury. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So I know for time purposes, because I know you guys are really busy promoting the new album and uh, doing a lot of the festivals, I always like to start out doing some background um, on you growing up and learning a little bit about you know, who you are, what you like to do as a kid, and then we'll start to talk about getting into music and, of course, um, how the band got together. So to start, sure, sure. tell me, um, yeah, tell me what it was like growing up in Australia. What were some of, you know, some of your hobbies or interests as a, as a kid before you got into music? Uh, well, I kind of lived. Uh, my my parent, my dad's Japanese, and my mom's from New Zealand, actually. And um, we we kind of moved around a lot. And I lived um, when I first got into music was when I was living in Japan um, as a kid, and um, I was the only foreign kid in in school. So, like, I, I felt a little bit alienated because everyone else is Japanese, and I was, like, kind of like the half-Japanese kid that didn't know Japanese very well okay. at the time. And um, so I, I kind of, like, kind of recluse a little bit, and on weekends I'd go to Tower Records. I know it's not around anymore, but back then <clears throat> I used to take the train in and go to Tower Records and check out the music and stuff. And the, the band that actually got me into music was this band called Silverchair from Australia. Um, oh, yeah, which I, I love them. Before. Yeah, they're yeah, awesome. it's a great band. And um, yeah, um, and, and I got sort of got into them. Like I, I'd heard about them before I left Australia to go to Japan, and then I kind of <clears throat> heard about them. So I got their first album, Frog Stomp, and then basically from then on, I was like mesmerized and and captivated, and and I started to get into more bands after that. Okay. So um, so let's just just for a little bit of a time frame. So like you said, you were moving around a lot. What what did your parents do for work, if you don't mind me asking? Um, gee, at the time, uh, they did a whole di- bunch of different stuff. It wasn't like a, a one, like, you know, some people have diplomats for parents or, or whatever, or military. It wasn't like that. It was just that um, I think my dad was in, like, importing, uh, I'm pretty sure, and, and he sort of, you know, moved around, and, and we ended up in Australia. And, and also part, partly because of his job, but partly because of they just like to move around a lot, I guess. Okay, okay. <laughs> So how old were you when you um when you ended up in Australia? Uh, I would have been I was kind of back and forth. I moved a couple of times back there, but when I finally got back there I was about fifteen, I think. Fourteen, fifteen. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so reflecting reflecting back a little bit and then we're gonna start talking about silver chair and you getting fascinated and really passionate about music. You know, as a little kid, like you said, moving back and forth and it being sometimes difficult for you to adapt to, of course, being in different surroundings. You know, what were some of the things that you did as a kid? Um, were you into sports or anything? Was there anything interesting that you can, you know, share with the audience that we might not know about you by reading about you elsewhere? Um, yeah, I was uh, an only child, so I kind of had a lot of time on my hands by myself. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it was. I got into sport a little bit. I mean, I didn't play it all, all that often, but I loved watching. I loved watching tennis. And okay. um, back in Australia, they um, <clears throat> they have this sport called uh, rugby, 
league mm-hmm. and there's a rugby league and rugby union and I got into league rugby league I guess in Australia and um it's just sort of like you know every every team every state has a team and um you just you know when I, I saw like a couple of games or whatever and they'd play games every uh every few days or so and I got got into that a little bit but I never really played anything myself Okay, cool though. No, that's interesting. Very interesting to learn. So you get to Australia, like you said, you you find Silver Chair. This band definitely catches your attention. And um, from what I read, it looked like you started out playing guitar first. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Okay. So um, yeah. So go ahead. So you know, you pick up a guitar, or how did you get oh, no, involved in it? In, oh, in terms of. Um, you there? Basically, at my um, yeah. I, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you fine. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, my uncle got me this this set. You can buy them in sets at um, music stores. You can get like a guitar with an amp as like a package or whatever, and um, got me one of those. And and that's when I started learning um, Silverchair songs because <clears throat> the only band I was like really really into. So I started learning by trying to read tablature and trying to like um, just basically press my fingers down onto the fretboard and make a sound basic very simple beginner stuff and I got an instructional video I think and kind of went from there a little bit but then I kind of kind of got sick of that and I just kept on going back to the silver chair songs and wanting that was my inspiration like wanting to be able to complete a song and play it all the way through Mm -hmm. um did that with great difficulty and just kept on going on 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 that road and, and kind of just trying to like make sounds and maybe write little riffs or whatever and just just uh trying to play you know band songs that I liked and it was Green Day after that I think after that record I got into Green Day Dookie which was fantastic record also nice um that was yeah I mean I wasn't even up to that level of being able to play that though but that was that was the inspiration Okay. And did you, I mean, you're phenomenal. You're phenomenal. You know, you do some great backups. The song Walls that you, you take lead on on the album is just, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because your voice is just so beautiful, but there's almost like this little haunting quality to it. So it's just amazing. So oh, no, when you picked you. up the guitar, um, sure. Were you um, also learning how to sing at the same time or was that something that came a little bit later? Um, I, yeah, I wasn't really, never, never struck me that I wanted to be like a singer or anything. I don't know why <clears throat> most people are like, oh, they want to sing, but I just didn't, didn't strike me as something that, that I, that was inherently me. Uh, so I just kept, kept to the, to the instrument, instrumentation. I, I'd sing a little bit, you know, just here and there, but it wasn't my focus. And it was, wasn't until much later that, um, it was needed just for a practical purpose in terms of harmonies for the band. I was like, oh, okay, this, and then, and then I learned like a lot more about it and, just just instructional stuff and other you know peers bands and stuff and and music in general like just accompaniment and that kind of thing but yeah it wasn't until much later that I got into you know maybe wanting to sing lead okay okay nice and was there anyone else in your family was there anyone you know that has any type of a musical background um that could have inspired you a little bit or was it just something you you took on your own yeah, it was just something I did on my own. There was no one else. Like, my parents didn't sing or play anything at all. <clears throat> the only um, in, um, influence they may have had was they had, a, like, a bunch of, like, like classic oldies, kind of, like, that, that they'd have lying around, like Elvis and, and stuff like that. Uh, not that I took sure. an influence from it, but, but there was – they did like listening to music and they had a, an affinity for it, but not, not singing or actually playing anything. Okay, okay. And then we'll start talking about the band stuff. Did you take any formal lessons with your guitar playing, bass playing, or are you pretty much all self-taught by ear? 
Uh, yeah, mostly <clears throat> mostly self-taught. I did um, through instruction uh, from our manager when we did our very first album in Australia. Mm-hmm. He, he said, just go and take some lessons because, you know, you, you haven't had any, so maybe you should just do that a little bit before we record the album. I was like, yeah, cool. So I did that, and I, I got <laughs> some, some nuggets out of that. And um, yeah, it was it's always good because, you, you know, when you're on your own and you're just doing your own thing, you don't know whether your technique's right or not, or it's nice to have somebody – um, show you and, and let you know and a little bit of that but but mainly like especially with the slap stuff I just sort of like watched um, there was some Lewis Johnson instructional videos and then there was that, <clears throat> that Flea instructional video that I watched a lot and I just started to start to learn how to slap and, and do different stuff on the bass like through, through the videos mainly Cool, cool. And what made you, I know that you switched over, and that's why don't we get into talking a little bit about, you know, the beginnings of Sick Puppies before you guys actually became a band. Um, so you're playing guitar, and eventually you do transition over to bass, and was that something you wanted to do, or you just kind of did it as a necessity, because that's, at the time, you know, what was needed with the project? Can you tell us a little bit about just the switching over to the other instrument, and was that something that you were you know, really interested in doing, or like I said, was it more something that was necessary? Sure. Um, it was actually just more out of necessity. The main thing I wanted to do, um, being <clears throat> just also an only child and <clears throat> the lone musician, um, is just play with someone else in a band. And that was my main thing. I didn't care what it was, what instrument or whatever. <laughs> and uh, right. I kept me playing guitar at the time. And then, uh, when I when I realized most people play guitar and sing, so I'm like, well. And then when I started this band, um, Sick Puppies, I was like, well, you know, like singer already played guitar and, and sang, so I'm like, I'll just switch to bass because then we just need a drummer and that's it, and we can complete this this trio. That's kind of the way I thought about it, and so right. I switched over to bass, and I liked it. It was cool, but then I, it was when I, I think when I discovered those videos and discovered Slap, where I was like, well, this instrument can do you know, way different stuff than, than guitar does. And I love the um, the conglomeration of the melody and rhythm that bass can do. Um, just like basically the melody of the guitar you can do, and then you can do percussive stuff um, on bass that drums would do. So I love how bass can do both things. Very cool. So it sounds like it was very versatile. And like you said, you really wanted to expand, you know, your, your background in terms of musical instruments and uh, et cetera. So that's cool. Really cool. So tell us a little bit about, and we'll spend a little bit of time with this, and then we'll start to progress into, of course, you getting your new singer and all that stuff. So you were in high school at the time. Was that when you formed um, the band with your former singer slash guitar player? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was in high school. Sorry, I um, um, yeah, formed, formed the, that version of Sick Puppies back then. Um, and, you know, we, we entered um, band competitions and radio competitions, and we ended up winning a, um, a radio competition in Sydney that got us uh, in touch with our manager, Paul Stepanek. At, and, mm-hmm. um, That's okay. Um, That's okay. Yeah, so, yeah, if you could just speak... We just did, uh, you there, Emma? Emma, you said... Yeah, no, you're just a little distant. If you could just speak a little, I don't know if you're on a speakerphone or, yeah, you just sounded like you got a little further uh, away. <laughs> there you go. Oh, sure. There you go. Okay. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, um, 
And you, you were asking about the beginning of, of how it started? Yeah, tell us a little bit about the story behind it, too. You know, how did you meet the former guitarist slash singer? And then, like you said, transitioning into how you, you got with uh, the Stefanik management, and then we'll start to move from there. Okay. Um, yeah, so um, basically met in high school and uh, started the band then, did band competitions. And uh, it was after one, it was called um, Triple J Sydney Unearthed. Um, and uh, that got us sort of, you know, on the map, and we won that competition. So um, that's how we got in touch with Paul. And then after that, we, you know, we, we released a record there called Welcome to the Real World, um, mm-hmm. toured a little bit. And then um, and then we sort of lost out drummer uh, at that point. We decided, what, what shall we do? I mean, we can either, well, we're going to continue. There was no, there was no um, manager Paul. That we came over to the states, and um, you know he had he had a bunch of contacts, and we, we thought we thought to ourselves, we're either going to stay in Sydney, or we're going to try and you know try and take this you know to overseas right. and try and really make it you know. And back then we were you know just high school kids, and so that was the that was the only option to make it happen. So right. we and moved over, and yeah, so you know go ahead, go ahead. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, so yeah, we moved over, and then we found Mark uh, early on, and um, that was kind of like the the lineup at um, at, at that point. And right. uh, we 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 linked up with a guy called Paul Palmer, and um, he he was like an independent record label guy. And we basically from the ground up, we we kind of like built it, and he got us in touch with some uh, producers that helped us. <clears throat> produce and write um, and record and just basically develop us as a band, sort of like write songs and kind of like, <clears throat> you know, like develop us and, and, and show us maybe what kind of a band we, we want to be. And it, it kind of takes that to sort of get to a certain level. And we, we realized that and we realized we had a long way to go. So we just... Um, we just did that for a couple of years, and you know we showcased a bunch to, to labels. The next thing was to get signed um, to a major label, and what, what every band wants to do <clears throat> right. at, the, at the time. And I uh, did a bunch of showcases and a bunch of rejection, really. And we thought, you know, we're probably going to go home. And um, it was kind of at the at the eleventh hour that we, I don't know, something just clicked, and it was about the time that we were doing a bunch of shows, and <clears throat> we finished recording um, some songs on the. Um, on, like on the downtime of the producer's studio, uh, which ended up being the album Dress Up as Life. Um, okay. And yeah, and we just sort of, you know, like slowly but slowly, like built it and um, ended up signing to Virgin at, at the time. And um, yeah, kind of like, I don't know how far you want me to go because I can just like. Yeah, no, no, it's great. No, no. History, that's on. Well, you're, and that's interesting because I like to also pull in just, you know, like you said, you had some challenges. You were, you know, questioning, are we going to be able to stay in the States? Are we going to have to go back? Um, you know, while you guys were working so hard on getting to the success that you have today, were you working at all? Did you guys have any, like, part-time jobs? You know, just any other interesting things that you can pull in while we're talking about developing the band to what you guys are today? Sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. We um, Well, when we came over here, we were sort of like, we'd save some money and we had um, – we were focused on <clears throat> the musical side of things, but um, before we came over, we all had part-time jobs. Like I remember, had um, had a whole bunch of jobs. Um, I had worked at McDonald's. I was a telemarketer for a while. 
Okay. Um, work at a bar, uh, all that kind of fun stuff that you look back on and you're like, <clears throat> wow, glad I'm not doing that anymore. But yeah, there was, there was right. a, bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of part-time jobs there. Right. And while you're, like you said, while you're, while you're pursuing this music career, um, if you didn't do music, did you have any idea of what you might have done as a career or was music something that you were just, you know, 110%, like your mind was directed that that was what you were going to do? Um, you know, at the time we were so like gung ho on, on doing the music mm-hmm. thing, <clears throat> I forgot to do a plan B and most people, I mean, it's smart to do a plan B, but I didn't do one. So, and, and that kind of made me focus on plan A and make sure that that worked and just so there was no other option. But honestly, I'm not right. sure. I'm not sure where it would have gone. And I'm glad that I didn't have that, that option. <laughs> yeah. No. Hey, I'm glad you didn't too. Cause you're, you guys are just totally phenomenal. <laughs> your songwriting, your music. I mean, I think it really has an impact on your fans and, and really people can relate to what you guys are writing about. Um, how did your parents oh, cool. feel? You. Yeah, absolutely. How did your parents feel when you guys decided to come over to the States? Were they supportive with you pursuing the career? Uh, yeah, once they saw that <clears throat> we were winning like the radio competition and band competitions, they were like, okay, well, just uh, just do that for a little bit. They did want me to um, go back to, because I was in college while, while this was happening, like at the time with the radio competition. And I, in order for us to really focus on it, I deferred, meaning like I would take a year off mm-hmm. planning on coming back. But um, I never, and, and they were like, okay, well, and the, the plan was, okay, you can defer, focus on this for a while. And I'm sure, you know, they, none of us knew where it was going to go, or, you know, how far. So right. <laughs> they, they were supportive for me to do that. And I ended up obviously not going back. Um, right. I guess <laughs> never say never though, right? <laughs> but, right. Yeah, Absolutely. So this for now. Uh, <laughs> right. So for again for time purposes, let's uh, let's fast forward a little bit. Again, congratulations on all the major success. You guys have had numerous singles in the rock charts. I mean, the albums are phenomenal. I have several of your albums. I'm really enjoying Fury right now. Tell us some, um, you know, again with your level of comfort. Tell us what happened with the departure of you know the singer that you guys. I mean, you guys were a cohesive whole for almost two decades. I mean, that's. I've interviewed so many national bands, Emma, and I mean, it's rare to see that, you know, there's usually so many lineup changes and so many challenges finding the right fit. So, you know, just if you could share a tiny bit of information and then we'll talk about how uh, Brian came on board. Sure. Um, Well, um, basically, you know, what happens with, with bands and groups of people or marriages, so people just want to go their separate ways. And that's, um, that's in a nutshell what happened in this situation. And, I mean, and Mark and I, we we wanted to continue. We didn't want to sort of throw it to the wayside. So, <clears throat> I mean, we'd we'd already put in like a decade and a half of of everything, you know, like putting college on hold and putting everything on lives on hold, and it just didn't seem like the viable option just to throw it away. So we were like, well, we want to continue. And uh, but first of all, we have to find the right <clears throat> the right member and the right person. Otherwise it's probably not going to work. So we took a lot of time and luckily, uh, and then that's where Brian comes in. Luckily, you know, it didn't take that long for him to, because he contacted me on Facebook and sent me uh, a video of him singing another band song. And, and I mean, it was pretty instantaneous. Like I was like, wow, that guy has a great voice. And, you know, like that's the main thing. It's so hard to find somebody, you know, that does have a, a great voice. People have all different types of voices and he just happened to have the one that, just may fit and so yeah that's how that came about 
Yeah, that was a really cool story to read about. I mean, how long was it after your former singer departed and you guys put out a post to get someone on board? Was it pretty quickly that you guys did that? It was literally, yeah. He he messaged me either that day or the day after, and um, wow. I got to it the day after. <clears throat> and then the ball was rolling from that point forth, you know, like he was flying out to L.A. literally, you know, days or a week, I think. I can't remember. Um and and then we just started the process of getting to know him and and um, and we wanted to take our time because it was something that was very important and we had to get it right, so we took our time. Definitely. Well, you know, I mean, things happen for a reason. I always look at it that way, and it was just a, a really cool story. And I could almost like you know be in your shoes a little bit just to see you know you guys are struggling and this challenge happens and then out of the blue, you know, this guy contacts you who's basically almost like a perfect fit for you guys. So it's, it's, it's great to hear that that happened yeah. for you guys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the album in terms of, I know you recorded with uh, Mark Holman and uh, he's an amazing producer. Oh, yeah. He's worked with some great artists like Red and Shinedown and Hailstorm. So yeah, tell us about working with him and just, you know, a little bit about your songwriting process. With Mark Holman, we, we actually, it was funny because him, his name was been thrown around. His name was <clears throat> thrown around a while, like doing the other records, like oh, you should work with him. You know, maybe I don't know, like production or or, or what on, on any level. And um, we never got to work with him like on the on the other albums. And then finally this time around, we were like, oh yeah, what about <clears throat> Mark Holman again? And let let's finally do it. So it was really the timing was perfect because we hadn't worked with him before and it was fresh. You know, with Brian coming in. Um, so when that happened, it did click. Like the, the first song we ever did with him was Stick Your Guns, and it was the first single. <clears throat> is the first single. And um, yeah, it was. He's a great guy, um, very talented, and um, we just all clicked. <coughs> Sorry, we just all clicked personally. And then musically, that was just a, a great chemistry, like off the bat as well. And so we just did a bunch of you know, production slash writing with him, spent a bunch of time with him and crafted some songs that were now going to be the, the album, I guess. And back then it was just demoing stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we found out we had we had a really great thing going with him and that, that's, that's kind of how that started. That's great. And I think, you know, I think Stick to Your Guns is such a apropos song, so to speak, for you guys to release. You know, as your first one, I think there's definitely some symbolism and relevance to, you know, where you guys were at and, and how you did no pun intended, yeah. stick to your guns to get to back to where you are today. Um, so, you know, it's a great track. It really is. Oh, awesome. Thank you. And, and absolutely. I, I think, uh, I think it was no accident that it happened to be the first single and the first song that really clicked with us. Cause it's absolutely appropriate. And um, it, it, it's very, it's close to home to our hearts because the song's about perseverance and uh, that's exactly, you know, what we went through as a band. Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, a couple of my other favorites, just so you know, real quick, because I know we got to wrap things up shortly, is Where Do I Begin is great. I mean, that is just, uh, it, it's, a, it's an awesome track. And I think, you know, I think just anyone in general can, you know, question their life and say, you know, here's where I'm at now. Where can I get to that next level? So I know Earth to You is out right now, and that's a, another awesome single. But if I could personally pick one next, I'd say Where Do I Begin is definitely a, a great track to pick as a single. Oh, nice! That's awesome. <clears throat> I'm glad you said that because yeah, we're all we're all loving that one too. And um, 
the way that came about was actually um, with with Mark Holman. Um, we were just all jamming, and um, it, it, sometimes things come real quick, and sometimes it doesn't. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> there was this one moment where, where Brian and I started playing the intro to that song, like at the exact same time, like I started the bass riff, and he started his guitar part. And then it was like, and we just played the whole song, including the chorus. All, all those parts just came together so quick. Wow. And then after that, we were like, wow, this song has a certain thing to it. And at the time, we were just sort of on our phones on Facebook and like Facebook again. And we were looking at our, <laughs> our street team called um, Sick Copies Well Crew. And um, okay. they're um, you know great fans of the band. They help the band a lot. <clears throat> and there was a couple of comments about, you know, that they were very open about how they felt about themselves in life and something clicked when we, we read some of them about, you know, one of them was saying that they were frozen <clears throat> in time and they didn't know what to do with their lives and, and how to start something or, you know, that that kind of a thing. We're like, wow, that that's what this sounds like and we kind of put the two together and that's kind of how that came about thematically. Yeah, that's a great, great song. I mean, lyrically, musically, it's just, it's really cool. But again, I love, you know, Walls is a great track where you're doing lead on. If I Stay is an awesome song. Oh, nice. I love Just just the Beginning is great, too. So, yeah, like I said it before oh, you nice. called in, I, yeah, the intro for my um, show tonight, I even said, you know, basically there's no filler tracks on your album. It's everyone could be a hit single, seriously. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah, so um, let's just we'll start wrapping things up. Tell us just a little bit how'd you come up with the title for the album, and I'm also very interested in symbolism and you know artwork and stuff. And tell us a little bit about the logo you guys have because it's really cool. Sure. Um, the the title, I guess it it, it <laughs> after we finished the album, we were like, okay, now we have to name it, and it's so difficult to find a good name for the album without sounding too cheesy or I don't know mm-hmm. like foot and mouth or just the weird titles that are out there <clears throat> we just wanted something simple that that you know symbolized exactly what it was and so uh, we had a bunch of titles uh floating around and someone was like how about fury fury of this or something and we we're like what about just fury and then at, we were, and then at that point we we're like that that's it because it, it immediately you feel something because it's an emotion and it's um it's a sense of urgency it's a sense of intensity and that's exactly mm-hmm. what you know, the, the theme of the album is, and, and that's how we were as people in our lives going into writing the album. So <clears throat> there was no more appropriate name than that, I guess. That's great. No, that's a great track. It's, I mean, it's a great, great track, no pun intended. I mean, it's a great album title. Um, and then, and <laughs> yeah. then, sorry about that, and then the symbol for, you know, the logo used. It's really cool. It's very simple and basic, but it definitely, I just wanted to know from your perspective, like, what is it, what is it exude for the band? I guess it was it's um someone someone else said it but we had a <clears throat> another album Tripolar that was similar it was dark with a symbol <clears throat> and I guess we just wanted first of all the logo of the band we just wanted it to be simple and recognizable we're back to roots back to basics no frills mm-hmm. kind of thing and that logo was was it and then um the the design we had a couple of you know, we, we went to some people to maybe sort of come up with some designs to see what direction like we could take it Excuse me. And then there was one that came out which is kind of like like a um, what do you call it like mandala like it's kind of like a I, I know I wish I knew more about it but it's it's kind of it, it is a symbolism for for new life but something along those lines and I remember reading about it going wow that that's 
perfect. And uh, anyway, we all like just visually we looked at it. and We're like, wow, that's that's awesome because it's kind of it's kind of dark and uh, mm-hmm. but it's also soft around the edges. If if you know what I mean, I, I can't quite describe it, but yeah, it was yeah, Yes, definitely. No, I know what you're saying. Definitely. Well, I know that you guys are, are busy. Uh, why don't you just share a little bit of information where people can check you out for some upcoming shows, and you can plug your um, websites, and then I'll close the show with uh, Earth to You, and we'll talk a little bit about that song. Sure. Uh, yeah, if anyone wants to know a bit more about the band and why come out and see a show, um, for, uh, just go to sickpuppies.com. Everything is on there. Uh, if there's anything, any questions you want to ask, you want to post anything, just like we're on social media a lot, so Twitter and Facebook, uh, Instagram, we're on a lot. So any questions, just shoot them to us, and you know, m- more often we'll just re- reply. And uh, I don't know, we'd like to be able to connect with people like that. So please do that if you have any any burning questions. But other than that, just sickpuppies.com for anything else. Awesome. Great. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about Earth to You? Just give us a little bit of background on the, you know, meaning behind that song, and then I'll uh, we'll wrap things up and I'll let you go. Sure. Uh, yeah, Earth to You. Um, it's it's basically, um, you know, the saying Earth to You when when someone just seems like out of it or they're not not here present. You just want to slap them and be like Earth to You. Like, are you in there? Kind of thing. Um, <laughs> right. It's just. Uh, <laughs> The only slightly political type song we may have, just about um, technology and just about the, the brainwashing in the media and everything like that. When people are just so, you know, they feed you things and, and you don't know what's what's really going on, and so you just kind of like let it seep into you, and and before you know it, you're just this this kind of like a zombie. And especially with our phones, like I, I'm guilty of it too. You know, like I'm right. on my phone constantly, and sometimes you'll be like just have a conversation like earth to you and you know someone someone slap me around or whatever but um that's the theme of it and also um musically it's just something that's kind of a throwback to kind of the classic to copy sound that we that we had and mm-hmm. we just wanted to make sure we mixed it up and <clears throat> made sure we had enough of the different elements of the band in there and that that's one of the songs that's kind of like an old school throwback with a new twist um so yeah Cool. No, it's a great track. Well, Emma, thank you so much for coming on tonight and for promoting the album. And I just want to let you know that you're always welcome back on the show when you have some new music coming out and you'd like to come back to promote it. And um, I want to wish you guys much continued success with the uh, album Fury and your tours coming up. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. So thank you so much for coming on. And again, also thanks to uh, Ken Phillips from... uh, his publicity company for setting up the interview. He did a great job and you definitely got a great person that you're working with there for PR stuff. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And thank again, thank you for your time and sorry if it's a little shaky. I just have this weird cough that I can't get rid of. No, no, I hope you are talking, but yeah, thank you for bearing with me. No, you did. (laughs) Absolutely. No, you did a great job, Emma and um, good luck with everything. And I hope you feel better and we'll hopefully uh, have you you on at some point again in the future. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd love that. Okay. All right. right. Thanks so much, Emma, and much success to you and everyone in Sick Puppies. Appreciate it, and you too. Thank you. Have a great night. Okay. You too. Yeah. All right, everyone. Emma from Sick Puppies. We're going to check out their other hit single, Earth to You, which is out now. It is off of 
also off of their album Fury. So please pick a copy up. It is a phenomenal full-length album. So let's check it out, and then we'll come back in a moment to wrap up the show. Hello. Hello. Is anyone there?
So please become a fan of The Carrie Edelman Show uh, by following me, liking me on Facebook, and that's where I post all of my updates for upcoming shows and events. I'm also on Twitter at Carrie Edelman if you want to follow me there. And also feel free to befriend me on Facebook. I have two personal pages. Uh, one of them is maxed out right now, but you can also send me a friend request um, as I'd love to keep in touch with people that way too. So I will be in the process of booking some new interviews for uh, June, July, and the rest of the summer. So please keep checking back. And as I said, check out some of the interviews from the past artists that I've interviewed on my show. And uh, hopefully you'll find some new music to check out too. So thank you so much for tuning in tonight, everyone, and have a great night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.